0: Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scott's sale at the best possible price by visiting MaxLawEvents.com.
1: This is John Ting. I'm an immigration attorney in Houston, Texas. Welcome to the Maxim Lawyer Podcast.
2: Well, that was fun. It's always good to have a member of the Guild, one of the Guildians in the group. And John, of course, is a very active member in the Guild. We're very appreciative of all the value he brings, and he's always very willing to share. I came across an old email the other day where he had shared some complex process he had and he had it all laid out and he just sort of gave it away. And so that's what we love to see. And we love to him on the show today
3: yeah if you've not befriended john you shouldn't you shouldn't befriend john because he's a really smart person so definitely reach out to him and i promise we did not pay him to plug max Law so many times but <laughs> he did a really good job of doing it so but i gotta say like i said this at the end of this episode i'm gonna say it now people need to go back and re relisten this because john gives away a lot of nuggets in this episode
2: yeah and he you know He's not afraid to delegate. He's, you know, I I think that so many people want to control everything and be on top of everything. And John's always been very diffuse in letting different people do different parts of the firm's operations. And I think that's what's helping him grow as quickly as he has been.
3: Yeah. I also, part of it is I think he's an action taker. That's another part of it. He takes action. So that's what it's about. So enjoy the episode.
2: Run your law firm the right way. way. This is... The Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts
1: Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and
4: maximize your firm.
2: Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking.
4: And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimbo?
2: Oh Tyson. It's a beautiful day here in St. Louis. It's still chilly. I don't know why in the middle of April it's still so darn cold, but it's a beautiful day. How are you doing?
4: Doing well. I, I mean, I just three minutes ago, got out, or four minutes ago, got out of an airplane. So uh, beautiful weather in Columbia, Missouri, I'll tell you. No no real winds, but you're right. It's crisp outside. Definitely colder than I want it to be. But we I think we just got over the hump, Jimmy. I think we just got over. I think the weather is going to start to turn
2: real, real nice. I hope so. I hope so. Well, let's go ahead and get to our guest. Our guest today is John Ting. He's a very fun and exciting and successful immigration lawyer out of Houston, Texas. John, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jim. and Tyson. I appreciate being invited on.
4: You bet. So, John, tell us about your
2: journey and
4: how you got to where you are now. Yeah,
1: well, number one, I appreciate Brian Manning inviting me on to the Maxim Lawyer and the Guild. Uh, For my journey, so it started. I graduated 2011 from City University of New York CUNY Law School with a public interest uh, minded mission. And even so, when I applied for law school, I already knew that I wanted to practice immigration law more so after understanding that a lot of people don't have the ability to exercise due process. So I I ended up just starting my own uh, law practice straight from law school. A lot of people ask. I did not take the New York Bar. I just went moved back to Texas and took the bar there and started my own practice. After about five, seven years, I had a, um, five, six years. Then I, I had a partner for a couple of years thinking that was my ticket to semi-freedom, I suppose. So uh, as you'll notice, the theme of my talk this summer at the Maxim Lawyer Conference is about achieving that freedom. Now, of course, uh, i am just doing my little tidbit about that in my own way. But uh, I think I'm re- getting to that point. I'm along that journey with that intention in mind.
2: So not many people start a law firm right out of law school. What surprised you the most about that process and what you wish you had known when you started?
1: Uh, ooh, I wish, well, fortunately, I had mentors here and there in different areas, I suppose you can say, but there were really, there was not a group like this as you, as you know, because you created it and um, for asking things like, Oh, well, conflict of interest type situation okay well and you know, then you look up the Texas bar journal for example and that's all there is, is and they're all old information and sure there's a hotline but a group like yours is has been very significantly helpful i'm sure for many others
4: so i've got a follow-up question that if you were to if you were given the chance right would you do it the same way or would you have gone and worked for a firm first I still would have started my own practice.
2: John, what did it look like in those first couple months, those first two years, say? Talk to, describe for the audience what your firm looked like then, what kind of a person you were running that firm at that time.
1: So I do want to give credit to my parents for starting their own business. That definitely helped. But it's not like I went through a training course through them. It was just on the job post-college. Like, OK, help out since you don't have a job yet. And then uh, so just from that experience, they had a convenience store. So that helped me, even my mom to this day is like, you need to be kind to your clients. They're paying you to do work for them. Don't get frustrated, you know, things like that. And she she always told me that um, anything that you're experiencing now at my store, you will experience something similar in your practice. So suck it up, (laughs) essentially. Enjoy the ride.
4: I'm just curious, with your practice, you and Jim both can practice all over the country and you can target people all over the country. Is that something you do or do you focus just in, in, in Texas?
1: That's a great question. Yeah, we, immigration law, we can practice uh, a set clients really living from anywhere uh, or they are living from anywhere as well. But that was not that's the, the, the huge difference in intention from the first seven years until the last three years, I suppose you can say is the ability to thinking about scaling to some extent, not just accepting people in person. I mean, even that mindset started happening for me in late 2018 when my first uh, child was born because I had to do everything remotely. My wife and I are co-parenting from day one, essentially. So, you know, even I was telling people, hey, you can just save time from traffic. You don't have to drive to my office. They were uh, not really understanding that until, of course, the pandemic happened. So.
2: And so what are you enjoying about the practice of law? What's sort of driving you crazy or that you're trying to improve? Well, it's about anticipating the future, right? So
1: as we're growing the team, you all know that I've been increasing the the VAs. I also plan on hiring another associate. It's my second one. This within the next uh, one or two months, hopefully, with the increased cases, I just I don't have the bandwidth to do it myself anymore. Anticipate mm-hmm. that and acknowledge it currently. And um, also some things that I see in the both Facebook groups, and that is into, uh, experiencing hardships or conflict with employees, just getting ready for that. And so before I joined Maxim Lawyer, I w- I've been still part of Entree Leadership. And that's what I gained the most from that group, at least, is how to deal with employees, essentially, resolve those conflicts. Oops.
4: Well, let's talk about that that part of it though, like the hiring part of it, getting over the whole, you know, the, the fear of hiring employees and hiring associates. Walk us through all that because I mean, there's a lot to unwrap when it comes to hiring employees.
1: Sure. Well, I can tell you my context of why I delayed hiring an associate and it could be very similar to most solos. And that is, I don't know if I'm going to have enough money in the bank to pay that XYZ employee and or if it's even a paralegal, right? But, um, once I started understanding not so much marketing strategy, but more so like how to anticipate revenue, because before I always thought like, well, it all really depends on that one individual if they sign up. But if you have a specific strategy, so it goes kind of hand in hand, right? Then, you know, I, I started realizing after talking to marketing experts, essentially expect to spend at least 10% of your anticipated revenue. So just building that budget, I realized, okay, well, an associate in Houston may be like, Sixty to eighty thousand, and of course you pay higher then you're going to expect a better qualified employee, you know, so I think that was one of my mindset blocks a couple of years ago.
2: and one of the things I've noticed about you is that you're pretty systematic and that you do a lot of back end work to make sure that things are sort of organized and systematized. Talk to our listeners a little bit about your mindset when it comes to systems
1: sure, so um at first, I thought immigration practice is like a unique situation where things seem more systematized. But after speaking with, conversing with a lot of folks on the, in the groups, it, it can be done really in most, if not all, practice areas. And I was, I still use some uh, software called 17 Hats. And so one feature they have is workflow. So essentially, step one is uh, after they sign up, onboarding, step two, XYZ, it can send an email, it can send a questionnaire, it can be automated. You don't even have to click go or send, or you can have it wait for your approval. And that also includes like emails, invoices. So when I stumbled upon 17 Hats, well, it went, came through Facebook feed a couple, like five years ago. I've been using that really since 2017, 2018. So all my former team members that branched off because I moved from Dallas to Houston, they call me. They're like, John, help my current employer switch over. I'm like, I'm happy to do it. Like it's, it saves me so much time.
4: So let's so talk that, a little bit more about the, the systems and, and the policies and the procedures and all that. So as you begin to scale, as you add to more employees, you're going to have to teach people these things. So how are you managing your, your systems and your policies and your procedures?
1: Yeah. You know what? I, uh, I've always known about loom.com, for example, that's one of the software video software that I think one of the more common ones, and then I think when I joined the guild, that's when I started realizing, holy crap, like, yeah, I can use this for sales. I can use this for training the team internally. And uh, so I, I now use dub.com for sales videos and also for, for clients. So for Jim, for immigration, for example, I have like, I don't know, five to eight video series, one minute each, just about how to prep for like a adjustment interview and one for naturalization It has saved me, what, like minimum 30 minutes to an hour per client. So it's just saved me a lot of time. So I highly recommend that.
5: Have you ever felt overwhelmed with everything there is to do within your legal practice? How do you keep up with your legal work while making time for growing your practice and attracting clients? Do important things like deadlines and even your family fall through the cracks? This is why you should join us at the number one conference for legal entrepreneurs, MaxLawCon. We're going to be focused on helping practices scale and bringing calm to the order. This conference is curated in order to accelerate your implementation. Based on where you are in your legal practice, we're going to help you identify exactly what is most important right now. When you leave MaxLawCon, You go home with complete clarity, focus, and a plan to make 2022 your best year ever. And not only your best year in terms of revenue, but your best year in terms of time. Time back with your family. More time to do the work that is in your zone of genius. Only taking the clients that you like. And more money in your pocket. It's all at the Maximum Lawyer Conference. LawCon is a two-day event on Thursday, June 2nd, and Friday, June 3rd in St. Charles, Missouri. Seats are filling fast. Grab yours today at www.maxlawcon2022.com.
2: You're listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Our guest today is immigration attorney extraordinaire John Ting out of Houston. John, talk to us about business development. How do you like to focus on marketing when it comes to bringing in new clients
1: so the past uh, before the pandemic the first five years or so is like going strong on networking going to bar events things like that then my wife was pregnant and I was like there's no time this is before the pandemic right so I had to think of other ways and of course Jim Hacking's the guru on YouTube wow. so watched uh, several videos of his so I was like I was still hesitant like I'm sure many others Then pandemic hit. And that's when I was like, well, I've always wanted to do know your rights type workshops. I've done them in person, but I was like, there's got to be another way. I just got to get over my fear. And and you know this, Jim, but like YouTube or any type of social media is really the best way. I know people are like wondering which uh, platform should I use? Just pick one at least. You really can duplicate it. What's this right on your phone anyway? All you need is a phone, right? We all have smartphones now, so even when my internet wasn't working at the office one day, I just used my phone to to log in a It wasn't perfect, but I just got it done. And, um, but then I realized, okay, they're calling kind of like, you know, the old school yellow, what do you call the, the yellow book? No yellow pages. Pages. And, uh, and I, I tried something like that. I wasn't yellow pages, but I tried like this, uh, the Spanish version of the Dallas morning news Aldea. Yeah. We got a lot of calls, but then some people are like, Oh, but you, it says free consultation. Of course. Uh, back then, the first seven years, I was like, "Oh yeah, we charge for that." But now, I predominantly is free, fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, so it's my summer talk at the conference will be uh, similar to this this topic. Actually, is when you attract them through YouTube and other means. What do you do after that? And so, what we have is a free guide. It's a document, a PDF. It's everything you know already. It's already the items that people ask, like common FAQs. So it, you've already built the trust through social media and now they want to, you want to sustain that. You want to show that your continued credibility, your knowledge, and you share that with them. So it's kind of like you go to an event, right, in person and someone hands you like a random flyer. This is essentially the same thing, except in that situation, there's no trust built in. But if you have something to attract them, like a landing page or your social media, that, that's built in credibility. So that's what I've changed the past couple of years in terms of marketing.
4: So, John, with you doing more of the marketing, I guess, walk us through your typical day. I mean, are you doing more uh, running the business? Are you more practicing the law? Walk us through that.
1: Yeah, it's really like 50-50. But my goal is, y'all probably read in in the Guild, is my goal is to exit. Okay, so it doesn't mean necessarily 100%. I know it sounds strange for me to say it out loud, but after going through the Goldman Sachs program, it, it was an intensive eight weeks, especially when my son was born around that time. I was like, this is homework. But the key thing, it was in the last week, and that was to exit. I was like, lawyers can exit? That's crazy. I thought we had to be a lawyer until we die. But yeah, I'm not necessarily thinking like sell 100% of the law firm, but to scale, the. I guess the point is to the journey, to scale it to a point where you have the ability, you have the opportunity to sell it. And so, um, yeah, that's just been mind-blowing. I'm just unlocking my mind blocks, essentially.
2: So, but then getting to Tyson's question about what things look like now, like what walk us through sort of your typical day now in
1: 2022. Yeah, sorry. So I always always want to share context and I forgot the question. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I start my morning, like around, yeah, after the kids go to school, then it's consults all day, really, because the past two months I've been training the associate to handle that, the new associate. But her skill set is more like an integrator because... And so I had her take the assessment. So with that in mind, like I've already created like a hierarchy chart, and just anticipating needs. And so I'm, I would say 50% of my day is working on the business. It's just, even though I preach about time blocking, I'm not as good as it I, was, as I would hope. I think that's more so because my excuse is the little kids. So my day pretty much shuts down three thirty four. Uh, so now I assign, for example, having an associate for, for those true solos. One, because we all like some people think I talk to my friends all the time and they say like, well, I can do everything myself. And we all know we need to delegate. Right. So even quote unquote simple tasks like research. Right. Jim, you know, this like we have a lot of immigration clients that just say, like, can we do this? But like some things can change. So but I don't have the time to research it anymore. So I just task my uh, associate. And that's a great learning experience for her anyway. And for me, because after she does the grunt work of it, then I can double check it quickly. So that's just, you know, one thing off my plate, at least in terms of my day.
4: So I I have an interesting question, because with your plan to exit, right? And you because you want to kind of, I guess, be out of the business at, at a certain point. What does your vision look like I, and how do you, cause we talk about vision all the time and conveying that to your employees and, and how important that is, but how, what does your vision look like? And how do you express that to your employees?
1: Yeah. So I've been upfront with them. Y'all know I have a team of VAs, virtual assistants that work outside of America. Uh, I've told them, look, this is a growing opportunity for everyone. So as we grow, I mean, I don't share the numbers with them in terms of the, the dollars, but uh, and I don't think they need to know that they're, A bulk of my VAs have been with me for about a year. So uh, it's just great to see their development and them actually wanting to, when they see someone is sick or out for any reason, they're like, how can I help? So that's uh, just building that culture is critical for scaling and exiting. And um, so, but yeah, long term is uh, integrating a, I guess you could traditionally we call it of council, right? But so something like that, but for work from home workers i don't want to call them employees yet but i imagine it'd be more like 1099 contractors where we're more like the call center the marketing hub and call center and slash document gathering center handle all the client concerns you could say uh the help desk and then the attorney handles all like the hearings things like that and so that was part of my uh through the guild, I think the hot seat, I think it was in August for me or September last year. And part of me was like, man, I really don't want to stop accepting XYZ type of removal proceeding cases. You know, that's the reason I went to law school, really help people in that kind of situation, that bind. But there's got to be another way. So it took about three, or six months to figure out a way. And I've talked to some attorney friends and who practice immigration, and they don't want anything to deal with, as you can imagine, the client part of it, right? They just wanted to have that feeling of getting the work done and uh, they don't want to go to an office at all.
2: Yeah, I think that's a a great point, John, about sort of finding what people like and what they're good at. And when we talk about growing this firm, I always tell people that there's plenty of work to be done and there's plenty of growth to happen, that we need to find out what people's strengths are and then play to that strength and sort of get other people to deal with things that everyone else is weak at. So if one person's really good at client communication, then, you know, let them run with that and then find out what each person's strength is. I think, I think so often we just try to get so rigid about, you know, we have this position to fill and we have to find the perfect person for this position, as opposed to really digging in, finding out what people's strengths are, where their energy lies and what they like to do. And building the firm a little bit more organically.
1: Yeah, that, that, exactly. Like, for example, a recent example is one or two weeks ago, we just created a TikTok channel, per se. And, and I already knew who would be wanting to participate in that. And, already, and it confirmed with me who did not, because I asked individually like, who wants to be involved in this channel or not. I don't want to dump everyone in that group. But, uh, and I was right. I After like at least six months with them to a year, I, I have an idea what they prefer. Of course, everyone uh, takes the personality assessment, but that doesn't necessarily say like which specific role they ex- would excel at or even be interested in. And then I, once, when a couple of the VA said, yo, yeah, I want to help with X, Y, Z, like social media, for example, or calling clients for certain reasons. I was like, I looked back at their application. I was like, bingo. Like they actually selected that as one of the options. I just, I was just so gung ho, like you say, like uh, as uh, law firm owner's like we just need to fill this position, but after over time, please, I recommend looking back at their application, see what they selected. So what I do in my part of my application is I just list all the needs that will you'll continually need to fill over the years, and then um, I mean most people select like at least half of them, so that'll give you a, a running start. That's great advice. We're getting close to time, but
3: real quick, I want to ask you with TikTok, give give us a few tips on starting with TikTok for people that have
1: not started with it yeah yeah well Tyson you know you got a tip for me the other uh the other yeah, day uh, was but great. not everyone can do that not everyone can fly planes but um hmm uh yeah I know one tip that people hear all the time is be yourself right like I one thing that stopped me is like oh I need to look a certain way even my family's like you need to shave I'm like no I need to look a little older actually <laughs> so just be yourself <laughs> and uh use uh call to action okay so you may have a lot of subscribers and followers, people that watch, but they don't do anything after watching your video. But maybe six months later, like, oh, you know what? I should have called that person. And one thing that reminded me of this, other than the algorithm and all those kind of things, is uh, a shirt I rented from an, uh, another attorney who, uh, when I first started practice 10 years ago, and he, he talked to his neighbors. And he, was, he told me one of his neighbors got a personal injury lawyer, and, but he actually practiced his P.I., and he was telling him, why didn't you, you know, consider hiring me? He was like, oh, I forgot. So social media fills that gap. Even though you could be, you might think like even content, there's plenty of content. Like, I mean, at least for immigration, we have at least, I mean, many consultations a day, which is why I need to hire another associate, right? But uh, there's plenty of, and just one question from a consult is content right there, right? And Jim knows that as well. So, but even if you felt like you're repeating content, who cares? Because they might not have seen your other videos. It's just the the random. Well, not I guess not random, but the algorithm, right? The feed. So don't worry about content. Such a good point. Great uh, advice. Lots of great advice in this episode. Do you need to wrap things
3: up? Before I do, I want to remind everyone to join us in the big Facebook group. A lot of great free information in there. If you want a more high-level conversation, join us in the Guild. People like John Ting in the Guild. MaxLawGuild.com. Make sure you, if you want to go to the conference, go to MaxLawCon2022.com to get your tickets uh, before we sell out. So make sure you do that. And while you're listening to the rest of this episode, if you don't mind giving us a five-star review, we would greatly appreciate it.
2: Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? So I'm getting ready to go to a three-day retreat with other business owners. And I'm excited about that. They gave us some homework to do. And one of the questions I found to be pretty provocative, and I thought I would ask it here and let people sort of reflect on it as, as a prompt. And the question is, what questions are seeking your attention at this time in your life? What questions are seeking your attention at this time in your life? I really enjoyed doing that. And I've still been adding more questions to that. So that's a nice reflection piece, I think, because it's not sort of, you got to know everything, you got to have all the answers. Just what are the questions that are getting at you or that you're, you've you been reflecting on or need to reflect on? So I thought I'd share that.
3: Uh, I love it. That's good stuff. John, you're up next. What is your tip
1: or hack of the week? I've been wanting to do this for a while, but uh, my recent hack is missiveapp.com. It's a shared inbox. It includes emails and social media messaging, for example, and even live chat widget on your website. So imagine all your different tools like that, you have in separate apps. This can pretty much do it all in one. It even includes, uh, I think, WhatsApp. I need to sync that myself but this is called missiveapp.com. Missive, will you spell that? Oh, sure. M-I-S-S-I-V-E-A-P-P.com. Just to quickly explain one more thing about it is, so for example, I, I started thinking about something like this really when team member was out two weeks in a month for medical reasons. And so I was like, oh my goodness, like, yes, I have the password, but I have to log in every single time. So Missive app is similar to frontapp.com or something like that. And even this one, you can, let's say the associate that you just recently hired and you just obviously don't trust 100% yet. And you say, okay, go draft the email. You don't have to Google Doc it to me or anything or email it to me. Draft it in that app and tag me when it's ready. So that's just one simple way of checking without having to log in a different using credentials.
3: I uh, I love that. That's awesome. I am. Uh, I've got a, I've got another shiny shiny ball to go chase after. Jim might too. The uh, I just you maybe think of something. You should call your people Ting members like John Ting Ting members. I think it would be, be awesome. Anyways, so my mine's a non legal tip. So we I we garden right. We love gardening, and so we bought a Lomi L O M I, and it composts paper it composts food scraps plastics it composts that stuff within like hours it is incredible so we've been, i've been doing it every single day and it like within hours it, it turns your stuff into compost and you just put it in the garden so that's my tip low me it's a non-legal tip but you know sometimes we need that stuff for for hobbies so cool. john Yeah, thank you so much for coming on, man. Really, really appreciate it. There are a lot of great nuggets. I think people need to go back and re-listen to this because there's a lot of great nuggets in here. So hopefully people get a lot out of it.
1: Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. And everyone, please come out uh, this June for MaxLawCon. Nice. Thanks for the plug, John. Appreciate it. Bye, guys. Bye, John. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more more content go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.